When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Brickyard. I don't know that you could have dialed up a better day to put on a spectacle here at IMS. Quit the weekend, fellas. Appreciate all the hard work. We'll show what we're made up here. It's all about execution, and we'll be up there to win this thing. Thanks, guys. Let's go get it today. Just be smooth, guys. Nice, clean day here. Yes, sir. Thanks for the opportunity, guys, again. Hey, Bubba, you available? Nah, I'm busy at the moment. Meditating, I'm sure. As they approach the yard of bricks, the pace quickens. Ready and green. The early advantage to Tyler Reddick as they head to turn one. Justin Haley gets shoved around here. Rick does on the first lap. And we got another car going in. Ross Chastain. Shake it off. Took his forward here. A lot of contact. All car off track. Did he handle it? Copy that. Ross Chastain once again that got turned around down here. They got into one high fun around. Jackass. Spin it out, spin it out, watch him cross it over. You're good, good, good. But you're up the entire underneath of it. Rocker box is on fire. Yeah, get the fire out. Can't see guys. Race leader Tyler Reddick is headed down to pit lane. If the eight car pits, weird thing. Chase Briscoe down the front stretch here. Green and white checkers flag. Good job, get there. I don't feel like tires are worth much. I'll beat the out of these things. They don't feel any worse. There's a tent flying around somewhere out there. Keep your eyes open. We'll see who wins stage number two at drag race to turn number one. Push four wide now. Four wide middle. Kevin Harvick is going to get turned around. Tell me who bulldozed me. Basically, it was like five of them. Tell me all five of them so I can wreck every one of them. Left quarter, 10, right side, right side. Oh, there's Eric O'Rourke getting to the right side of Kyle Larson. Yeah, I'm sorry. I killed it. Up the road, right front. Oh, man, we're in the, we're in the gravel. This thing drives so bad. Still sliding. All you, then. All you. And both of those drivers need to get on their horse because third place running Tyler Reddick does appear to be coming. Pitting this time. Pitting this time. Race leader Ryan Blaney dives on the pit road. We're going to stay at the stage. There's no lap time fall off here. Christopher Bell will win stage number two. This restart is going to be total chaos. Pretty awesome to watch. Yeah, I, I bet. I bet. I bet. My toe tires up front. Definitely going to wreck into one. Be ready for a base move. Three by Still two by two. Three wide. Let's see who's going to run out of brakes or talent. The 19 at your door. 16. You block me. I'm going to... Send him. He's there, inside. Coming at you, Greg. He's inside him. Maybe have a run. Kyler Reddick has made the pass of Christopher Bell. I know he's got to make time, but take care of it. He's not anywhere. Oh, whoa. He must have lost break. You all right? I'm all right. <laughs> a big, big crash for the five car. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know what happened. Is he out of the car? Yeah, he's out of the car. He's going over to check on Ty. 
Welcome back to TrackSmack here on TrackSmackRadio.com. Don Hall here, back with you after having a couple of weeks off uh, because life happens. <laughs> and uh, moving sucks. So uh, there we go. No, some things still, you know, just don't change. And moving sucks and life still happens. But uh, we're back after a two-week hiatus. Mike Haig from RaceDaySA.com is here with me, as always. Mike, good hey, evening. Good to see you. New surroundings in the background there where yeah. you are. And you're all right. Uh, moving sucks. Uh, owning a home sometimes suck. Uh, I have a big tunnel underneath, tunnel underneath my house right now. We had to replace the entire drain pipe. Oh, my gosh. And yeah. um, it's it's all complete and done now. I can actually wash clothes and wa- do the, wash the dishes and everything goes down to the sewer. So Those are uh, supposed not, to go, huh? I'm happy, but I still have a lot of... Uh, dirt that needs to be put back underneath the house and it's kind of scary down there in that big tunnel they put in there it's it's weird looking <laughs> yeah that's uh you know my oldest son caleb that's what he does for a living he's a plumber oh man i tell you the, they um these guys worked their ass off uh digging in uh it took them like four days to get the trench the tunnel done and then the the actual pipe work was done in like two hours you know replacing the the drain line and rerouting it but um Hey, I got it done, but it sure has been a mess. And to say this, because it could possibly end up being our nugget for later in the show. I don't know. No, I probably wouldn't, because I'll probably end up getting a, getting like a copyright or something. But just whenever I said that about my son, but one of my favorite all-time movie quotes from a movie is from Weird Science. Okay. Um, one of my favorite movies. And remember Anthony Michael Hall, there's a point where he's like, so he's introducing his mom and dad to Lisa. And he's like, so, you know, this is mom and dad, dad's a plumber. And so dad, I guess you, uh, plumb. <laughs> <laughs> so every time I see Caleb, I talk about him being a plumber. I guess you plumb. So there yeah. you go. Um, anyway, but yeah, 
why waste any more time? Let's get to our special guest. Uh, of course, it's one of our great friends, uh, San Antonio native, and uh, currently working his way around the NASCAR circuits, whether it's the truck series, the Xfinity series, cup series, he's done it all. Uh, Matthew Kemp, gas man currently right now. Um, get this, Mike. He's been, he moved teams and here we really? go with another Texas connection. He's currently gassing the number 34 car in the Xfinity series for our good friend, Jesse Iwuji. So, hey. I mean, it's like, it all comes full circle. All of us Texans helping each That's other. That's awesome. Out. That's awesome. Matt, how are you? Doing good, doing good. Uh, glad to see y'all. It's been a couple. Oh man, it's been a couple months since I talked to y'all. I know. Yeah, we need to bust Matt's. Uh, I was gonna say balls. I, I can say it. We'll we'll bust this proverbial balls because uh, Matt's been cheating on us. We've really. Well, you're the one that told me he was. You pointed it out to me. He's cheating on us with uh, oh, Bobby Chaffee and Rodney. Uh, so <laughs> look at. <laughs> I haven't said anything to him about it, but uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to talk to those boys, but no, I don't mind because I, I don't mind sharing. You know, I take it as a, as a compliment that, you know, we have such great people that come on our show all the time and that are regulars that other people want to use them too. And yeah. I can't fault the guys. They talk a lot of local Texas racing and Matt, of course, you know, I mean, he's grown up with all, with, with those guys and stuff mm -hmm. on the local race circuit. So as long as you don't do it too often, Matt. If, if so, I'm going to have to look, get on. Look, y'all have already know that I grew up longer with y'all, so I don't even want to. <laughs> uh, real quick, though, I'm jacking the 34 oh, car. jacking. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm master of it all. I've done everything on pit road, but, you know, I love jacking. That's what I started out doing, and I really enjoy fueling. So we'll see how this weekend goes. It's going to be a good time up there in Michigan. Oh, yeah, hopefully you get good weather up there. That'd be nice. Yeah, hopefully it'd be a little cooler. <laughs> we can only hope at least it's not 107 degrees where y'all are at oh man we hit 104 today here i heard them okay so on the news they're talking about next week or next week like the majority of the country is supposed to be and get this they were like saying it like it was dire the majority of the country will be seeing 90 degree temps i was like i was I looking and i'm like oh hell yeah it's only gonna be like 94 next week that's like a cold front coming through <laughs> Yeah, no, and I think it hit 104 here in Floresville. I think it hit, it was over even hotter in San Antonio. Yeah, it was like 103 today here. Yeah, man, it just, no, no end in sight. You missed that, you missed that, Matt, up there in the Carolinas? Nope, not at all. I think we've, <laughs> I do not think that we've hit 100 degrees so far this, this year in North Carolina. Must be nice. Now, um, Mike, you've never been to Michigan, right, to the track? No, um, I understand it was a pretty close in uh, design with to the old Texas World Speedway. Uh, yeah, like that's what sister, I understand sister, too. Sister track, but I've never been to Michigan. You know, Michigan for a long time, people hated going to that track because the uh, getting in and out of it um, sucked. You would sit in traffic forever. My understanding though is I think that they have through the years. I haven't been there in probably eight nine years uh, but i've been to that track two or three times and it's a beautiful facility i mean the the drive into that track is absolutely breathtaking and my uh, matt i've always i've told mike before it reminds me of when you're going through those uh rolling hills there in michigan um after through ann arbor and others but it reminds me of like those like puzzles those puzzles that you'll see with you'll i mean mike you're just driving through yeah. like 
farm country and stuff too and there's these beautiful ponds and stuff with uh-huh. you know gorgeous trees and then next thing you know you'll see like this big red picturesque barn or something you know that it's just like a scene that you would see off of a puzzle it's just beautiful yeah. i mean it's um i love it i love that and there's a great and i never can remember the name of it there's a on the way up there in one of the little small towns out there there's like this great little cafe place breakfast place that we would always stop at and they had the most amazing waffles there is all i remember but um, that sounds good yeah you know you get a little scary you fly into detroit <laughs> and you're a little you know oh okay but then usually you know most of the race teams and stuff stay in ann arbor uh, a little bit out you know outside of it or whatnot and i mean that's where i always stayed and i loved it it was a great track to go in and i the, i just i love the facility itself and and the fans are great there it's a great track to go to and the racing over the last decade has just become I mean, I think it's awesome there. I love it. Uh, I mean, Matt, I mean, no. you know, y'all have gone there several times now. I mean, and we've been there. Have we been? We've been there once already this season, haven't we? Or no? No, we haven't. No. 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 So, no, we did Pocono, didn't we? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Okay. So, and the speeds were pretty crazy. So, you know, that's a little bit more of what you'll expect at Michigan. I think, tell me if I'm wrong, but I mean, you know, you want to start kind of getting in your brain for your picks, your super speedway guys and, and folks that have been doing really well, like at Atlanta and uh, Pocono, and then like your super speedway tracks, those are who you're going to want to go with for Michigan. Cause it's, it's all about who can handle the speed and keep control of the car. And then I think, uh, I think it's 50% that. And then the other 50% is fuel strategy, right? I mean, usually is, is how that, that track works out pitch strategies, right, Matt? 100%. It's a fuel mileage race, and that's what it's going to come down to. Um, I was reading that NASCAR is going to up the power to 670, I believe is what the horsepower is going to be. Um, so they don't really know what to expect, but they were talking more along the lines of looking maybe on an Atlanta race. We'll see. Um, but we'll find out. We're almost there to practice day. And uh, it should be interesting how this new car is going to handle and and how the draft's going to work there and then the biggest deal is where are they going to be able to find that that lean that they have on that right rear before it snaps yeah yeah definitely well uh before we'll talk we'll talk more michigan and stuff here later on uh, when we do our picks and stuff but let's um let's revisit uh for a few minutes indianapolis uh oh my gosh you know i didn't see the race live because i was moving so i had to kind of go back and just watch and fast forward through but did not disappoint so many things to talk about uh there's so much again controversy but and, and it's funny because there's controversy on the track as far as should we run the road course should we go back to the oval nobody's ever happy with what you have um, Roger Penske kind of hints to the fact that we'll run the road course again next year, but then 2024, we may go to an alternating thing. And I heard somebody the other day on, um, Sirius XM mentioned that in 2024, that'll be the 30th anniversary of the brickyard of the running of the brickyard. So that kind of makes sense that maybe that race, we might see the oval come back and race the oval for that one since it is, since it will be an anniversary year. And then. You know, I do kind of like the idea of alternating it year by year, but um, I'll, I'll go to Mike first, then Matt. My opinion, I'm sorry, but I know the Brickyard had prestige and stuff because you're racing at the Brickyard, but the Brickyard was boring as hell, and I liked the, the road course version of it better. Um, I, I always, you know, was was hoping for that. So, um, Mike, your thoughts on it? Do you want to see it go back to the Oval or? 
I don't know. Maybe with a new car, the, the race will be better. But I tell you what, Sunday's race on the on the road course was spectacular. I mean, there was all kind of drama and passing, and uh, it, it was a great event. And and looking at the top ten in the sport in the standings, I mean, the results real quick. I just want to run through real quick, mm-hmm. comment on a couple of things. You know, Tyler Tyler Redrick gets the win. Uh, second this season and Austin Sendrick strong second place and Harrison Burton look at that third Todd Gillen fourth Bubba Wallace fifth place finish Logano was six AJ Allmendinger who won on a Saturday he finished uh in six I mean in seventh place and then Michael McDowell was um eighth Cole Custer ninth and Chris Busher 10 10th Don and I tell you um I don't know what Matt thought of it but uh I thought it was a damn good race my perspective was totally different uh, struggle, but overall, I think watching the race from the amount of time that I got to before we retired from it, um, it was good racing. There was a lot of wild passes, uh, people diving into the break zones. I think that's what you want. And it goes back. Do we want the uh, oval again? Obviously there's some people that are going to say yes, you know, because of the prestige and what Indy means. Um, mm-hmm. I think for this car, and what the racing that you have right now, maybe road course is the way the way it is. I mean, look at all those years where we raced there and it was a snooze fest and people always complained about it. Now you bring excitement. Obviously, there's still going to be people that are going to complain. Those are the people that you're never going to make happy. Yep. So how do you find that medium? Maybe this deal with Roger, we, we finish out next year with the, the road course and then do the alternating. That might make you know, somewhat of a better deal between all the race fans. Who knows? Maybe with that new car at Indy, you might have more of a drafting battle there. But if it gets strung out, then it's just strictly going to come down to Arrow and what they have and who's going to take off from there. I really like to double up with the Indy cars, you know, um, Indy cars racing Saturday and and, and in the cup on Sunday. What about Matt uh, running, you know, uh, say the uh, road course on a Saturday at cup race and come back with a doubleheader cup race with uh, on the oval on Sunday on the same weekend. That that might be kind of neat. That would be a lot of work. Um, (laughs) You never know what they could have. Uh, The biggest changes, obviously you're going from a road course to an oval. So you're going to completely change the whole suspension. Um, I don't know if NASCAR and the crews would have the amount of time allotted to do that, but it would make it interesting. Who knows? We never know, especially with that new car. Could you bring two different cars? You could. Yeah. You could. It just, there's so much that goes into even having one car, you know, maybe there comes down the line, I don't know, five, six years when you have more cars available, more body panels um that that might happen yeah okay well i have two two comments on that one is when you cross the finish line you're crossing the bricks so it doesn't matter you're still racing i mean you're still racing at indy you're still coming across the bricks they still kiss the bricks there's nothing different other than you're running in zigzag formations instead of in an oval but we could always, too, and I know that NASCAR fan hates this because they don't want to duplicate things, but you could always make it a roval and, and, and have the best of both worlds there, you know, than 
possibly and 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 do that but i mean do we want to do it isn't one roval kind of enough there at charlotte i know they've talked about that at other tracks too and i just i don't know i'm not a huge roval fan i was for the first one just because it was such a cluster um <laughs> and it was just funny to watch guys just you know going off and and, and wrecking straight ahead instead of turning and stuff but I don't know. I just, I'm like, either give me an oval or give me a road course, but I don't, I don't kind of dig the. I agree. I, I don't, I don't like it either. Uh, it's taken away from, in my opinion, the value of what, what the home race is, you know, that's yeah. it's floppy every year. And again, this is just my viewpoint. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, this week's race or this past week's race, uh, Tyler Reddit. Well, first of all, it was, I mean, there was, there was lead changes and stuff going on. Um, Mike read off the top 10, which, you know, you know me, I am now, uh, I love me some Ross Chastain. I love me some track house racing and I will stand here and argue and say, no, that that top 10 order was not correct. Uh, because Ross Chastain took second place and NASCAR can bite me right in the ass um, because of their rules, their consistency to be inconsistent. The t-shirt that I say I'm going to make, I've been saying it for 20 years and I still haven't made it. Um, but that is NASCAR. Um, we're going to discuss some of that here in just a few minutes, but before we do, we'll, we'll talk about Tyler Reddick and his win there with Richard Childers racing, which was another bit of the controversy kind of because it's awkward. It's just an awkward situation going on there. Um, we're going to have some audio from Richard Childers where he kind of compares this to Kevin Harvick's deal back when Harvick was going to be leaving. But in the end, I mean, Reddick has said, look, you know, I'm, I'm in a hunt for a championship for this season. I'm locked in with my, you know, number eight guys. We're, we're in this, this is RCR, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, you know, we were all kind of watching and cringing, you know, is this going to be awkward or not? And it, it didn't really seem like it was, I mean, in victory lane and stuff, it, it just, you know, seemed like a Richard Childers win. And then this team locking themselves in, uh, into the battle, even closer, you know, as we get closer to the championship run, um, Mike and Matt, I know, uh, we've got audio from Tyler here, different audio, um, both in, in post victory lane and with Clarby Lang and, uh, other stuff, Mike, you know, you want to set that off? Yeah. So the, the first, first thing we'll hear from Tyler, here's the interview on the front straightaway right after the race. Here we go. And the crew sprinting up pit road to get to Tyler to celebrate second win of the year for this race team and a win in Indianapolis. You guys are out of breath. That's about a half mile run for them. Well, I got to know your thoughts when you saw the one he went through the access road. Were you as shocked as everyone else to see him all of a sudden passing you for the lead? I was like, uh, uh-oh. But, uh, I mean, that was a scenario that had been talked about, you know. If you get bottled up, what do you do when, uh, you know, you take the take the, the access road? And I could believe he got ahead of me. I was I was kind of waiting to see if he was going to have a penalty because I didn't want to, you know, move him out of the way and, and make, his, make his race worse than, than what it was. So, yeah, I was really surprised by that. But, hey, we made it work. Hats off to Ross for... Uh, trying to do that, but really glad it didn't end up working out because I've been pretty pissed off. I'm sure you would have not been very happy with that. Tyler, you made the announcement you're moving from RCR. How did this team rally to get back to this point where you could come together and win races again? Well, I mean, we just, we know what we're capable of and, and we did that at Road America and certainly it was a little bump in the road, but hey, we'd, we'd gone out and won a race uh, fair and square a couple weeks ago and, and you know, and if we changed nothing, we just keep working really, really hard. We find a way back to victory lane and just really glad to be able to do it here in Indianapolis. 
I mean, this is one really special place to race and really excited to kiss the bricks here in a little bit and really excited that we got 3 Chi their win uh, in their hometown. There you go. As a young man growing up on dirt, Dave, he knew open wheel racing. He loves Indianapolis, and now he's a winner here. He gets to kiss the bricks. And there he goes, kissing the bricks, Don, and getting the win number two this year. He licked them, too, my understanding. <laughs> he licked the bricks. Uh, so I love it. I mean, you know, th that's exciting. And I, for me, the coolest part of it was his little boy was, I mean, <laughs> the whole victory celebration with this little boy and stuff, there was a there was a view from the camera angle there with NBC that they did, and it was so awesome. I guess um, Tyler's mm -hmm. wife was carrying his son out to the track, and he was doing his burnout at the time. And just, you know, his little boy was just all in. He knew exactly what was going on. He, you know, he was in it, wasn't about to kiss the bricks. You know, they struggled with him. Like, man, it, it reminded me of years in the past with – Keelan and uh mm. and Brexton and others you know yeah. <laughs> always trying to get the kids to bend down and they're like kissing the nasty ground what are y'all thinking what's wrong with you y'all always tell me not to pick stuff up off the ground and eat it now you want me to kiss this no anyway uh cute stuff though very cute stuff so uh and then you know part of that too um I'm going a little off course but it's still on that there was a, a really cool photo of course that was taken over the weekend um and and tweeted out and stuff and a lot of the guys talked about it and it was the photo of all of the winners past winners of yeah. uh, Indy the 500s the brickyards and whatever and just you know these how cool it is just to be able to be a part of that whether you're you know a team um, a sponsor that's there at the track uh, you know pit crew members whatnot it's it's not just the driver. It's like everyone's experience, you know, gets to experience that and be a part of that and get down there and kiss them nasty, dirty old bricks. But yeah, even Mario Andretti, even Mario Andretti was down there. Yeah, Matt, and who, you, uh, you haven't gotten down there to kiss the bricks yet, have you? No. One day, hopefully, we'll get there. Now, is it sacrilegious <laughs> to go out there and just do it if you haven't won, but just to say that you've kissed the bricks? I would say so. Oh. I was. I, I I see race fans do it all the time, um, but I think it would mean a lot more once you get that and, and you can do it with your teammates and your driver and your your family there. Yeah, I agree. Now, what would you say if it's your if you know you're retiring at your final race there um, and your team doesn't win? Do you still go out there though and just do it since it may be your last time to do it? I, I wouldn't. Um, I, I try to take in as much as I can visually and, mm -hmm. and live in the moment at the racetrack and really take and understand, hey, this is something I worked for my whole life to get to where I'm at and just to be appreciative and 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 just view everybody that you can. That's that's how I go and, and do about my race day as I'm appreciative, taking the views. Um, I don't really take a lot of pictures. I don't do that. It's not my deal. Even when we go on vacation, um, I just live in the moment. Yeah. Well, that's that's good. good. Yeah, that that's is good. good. I've not been to Indy before, and it's a track that I definitely want to go to. I, I just have a feeling that um, it'll be one of those tracks that when I walk into it, it definitely will be goosebumps because there's just so much to see. It's, you know, having the fans on both sides of that uh, straight away there and then the pagoda and the bricks and just the size definitely, of it everything definitely breathtaking yeah for sure so um well, we, right. we need to make it uh do a road trip don because i haven't been there either so let's I let's know. go 
We just get, you know, get in the car and go. We've talked about this about wanting to do a five hundred. Um, and, well, and I've said this for forever, Mike. You know this. I've said forever. I I do not want to do a brickyard before I do an Indy five hundred. I want my first experience at Indianapolis to be an Indy five hundred. But I well, want to go as a fan and not as media. I don't I don't need the access. I want to I want to do it as a fan. Maybe try to go to the Snake Pit or something and do that. Yeah. But I mean, seriously, I just want. I, well, my our, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish. Well, I was just going to say, because I've gotten spoiled. I'm a spoiled, spoiled brat. Um, after 20 years of going to, especially NASCAR races and stuff, of having the access that we're allowed to have as media members, it, you know, there's just times that I miss just sitting yeah. in the stands yeah. and being a fan and drinking beer and, you know, just taking it in um, and not standing down on pit road which honestly i have this great access but let's be honest and matt knows i've stood behind him you know down there on pit road for a while mm-hmm. mike you're you most of the time you go back in the media center and you're working but it's yeah. really not a great place to watch the race you can't see shit um, yeah. i most of the time i'm watching it on one of the tvs behind or uh, one of the monitors that's behind the the box that the guys are sitting on there on pit road um I do it a lot because I'm friends with guys on pit road and it's my only time really to see them and visit or whatnot. And, 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 you know, plus I, I just like to be kind of like right there and watch the pit stops and stuff and watch what the guys are doing and all. Um, and I'll, I'll roam back and forth once they get going and get busy. I kind of roam back and forth through the, um, down pit road, but back to my point, I do that track. I want to do as a fan for my first time. Well, a couple things. We have a hookup with tickets. Michael Johnson's got a block of tickets, tickets that he buys, you know, has had for years. So yeah. we, got, we got tickets. The problem with going to Indy, it's not a problem now since I'm retired as a teacher. But when I was teaching, the, the Indy 500 weekend always fell at the very end of the school year. I never could get up there because we were closing out grades and closing out the classroom in the school year. It was just too hard to get up there and everything. But also to go back to what you had to say about being a fan in the stands. Yeah, it's great being in the stands. But I tell you what, down on pit road, when you're behind behind the, the box and watching guys like Matt go over the wall, that is incredible to watch these guys, what they do. And I tell you that I love it. I love it. I, lo- I love that view as well. So it's, it's we're blessed that we get to go on both sides of the, of the fence and, and see it from all, all angles, you know. Yeah, for sure. And um, I mean, you know, again, I'm not I'm not complaining because there's a lot of times I'm just lazy. I can go up to the stands. I mean, you know, we have access to and and if I have people with me, which which, you know, I, I like to bring people a lot of times to the racetrack, usually for the first few laps. I like to have them watch it from the stands. I like for their first experience of, of those cars whizzing by to be from the stands and stuff and actually feel it and stuff because you don't. You don't really feel it as much as as stupid as that sounds when you're on pit road. It's so far away from you when you're on pit road, uh, you know, in my opinion, whereas in the stands, you get that wind, you get everything, you get the dirt coming off of you and stuff, at least at Texas you do. So, um, but anyway, even even at San Antonio Speedway and sitting on the front straightaway there, you know, down by the fence, but cars coming by, even on a half mile track like that, it was a thrill like you couldn't believe yeah. Matt knows what I'm talking about. It's the smell oh, yeah. it's everything. God. It just I remember we have those cheese fries and there'd be rubber little marbles. <laughs> you just eat it because it's awesome. No, it ain't about the cheese fries or it wasn't about the well, cheese fries were good, but San Antonio Speedway it was one thing and one thing only, and it was the jalapeno chicken. The jalapeno fried chicken. Remember? 
That's what it was all about. Had it. I, I, at that time, did not like spicy food. Oh, my God. I know. I know. Mm. I'm not That was good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, sorry. Back to Tyler Reddick. I am so sorry yeah. that I digressed and went way over there for the indie deal. But... All right, we do it all the time. I know. I know. Else we... is new? <laughs> I do but it hey, all the time. You know that. But hey, Don, Ty, uh, Claire B. Lane caught up with Tyler. So let's hear what he had to say with Claire. Here we go. This track means a lot to both of us. Um, I've always wanted to race here and get the opportunity in the Xfinity Series. You know, I. I came close one year. I ran second to my uh, teammate at the time, Justin Allgaier. And then the year after that, me and Randall, I brought a really, really fast race car here and we got in a really bad wreck and, and it really rung my bell. But, uh, you know, this place is special and these bricks are special. And I mean, there's just so much history here. It's, it's really nice to be, be, uh, be a driver that's won here. Why do I not get the idea that you are not going to be denied? You are not going to be denied after having such a solid race. You were not giving it up. You were not letting anybody else have it. I mean, there's no point in even letting that thought creep into my brain as a driver. Um, I might as well just go out there and say, screw you guys. Like, take it from me. Run me over because I'm not going to give it to you. So there we go, Don. And he wasn't going to give that win away. I mean, he was determined to get that victory, and he sure as heck did. He almost didn't, though. And he almost yeah. contradicted himself because didn't he say in the first interview that he was worried that he was waiting to hear if he got penalized before he went yeah. and took Ross out? I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm just hearing things. But go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm still trying to get Claire's question. So <laughs> 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 anyway, go ahead. So uh, the last piece of uh, audio that we have from him. Yeah, this is from the press conference. So, uh, you know, there's some speculation as, as the uh, – if he doesn't do well in the in the playoffs, you know, will he be back next year with RCR? Or will they just dump him in and go with someone else and he'll sit out a year till he goes over to 23-11? But anyway, listen carefully what he said here and see, tell me what you think here. This is from the post-race press conference. Is a couple of uh, comments he made based on some answers, uh, questions that was asked here. It feels pretty dang special. I'm not going to lie. Well, the last guy that was up here was about as short as me. That's good. Um, yeah, it's pretty special. Oh, it's my boss? Oh, well, well. He's a little bit taller than me, but who knows? Um, yeah, it was very special. I'm not going to lie. I've uh, watched a lot of racing at this this venue uh, as a kid growing up. A lot of really incredible drivers have, have won at this racetrack, and it's really, really cool to be a part of the group of drivers that have won here. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really happy about it, and hopefully I'll be racing here again next year. And Well, I mean, I should be, I guess. You know, I should be racing here next year, but hopefully winning again next year, and um, I'm excited to race here and some other things too. I'd love to do that. Uh, ever, I mean, nothing had really changed from the announcement other than, you know, knowing where I'm going to be in the next, you know, year and a half. My commitment level, if, if anything, probably is a little bit higher, but I mean, we're not talking like it's a significant amount higher. Um, I just, I just know that we've, we've had time to continue to work on our cars and make them better and, and, and grow as a team and go the right direction. And now it's like, all right, we have a hard, you know, we have like a hard stop. This is the end of the road that we have together. And, and for me, that puts, I think a good amount of pressure on me to just keep finding more because we're always trying to bring the best that we can to the racetrack, but 
when we know that the end is, well, I mean, it's not really close, but I mean, it's, it's, we know when it's going to be, we got to take advantage of every single moment possible. And I hope, I, I feel like at least for me, it's, it's a, it's a good thing. It really makes me push hard. And I think it's making the team push hard. We're all really, really working really hard together to give it every, every last ounce that we have out there and, and win as many races as we can. So do you think a little sarcasm there? Mm. What do you think? You know, I think that it's honestly, I think it's a fluid situation. I mean, I, I think, you know, on paper, it's not till 2024, but I just think that there's so many free agents that are going to be out there here this season or this coming season that RCR has to jump if they have the opportunity. Um, but I don't know what that would mean for Tyler, because I don't know then I, I don't know though, because I don't know that 2311 is ready to go there with that other team until 2024. Now, if they are and they're ready to go and there's already a sponsorship in place, and this is something that they're looking at as a possibility, then, then yeah. But I think, and I could be way off here. Um, RCR put out a thing the other day about, you know, with the shadow person, which it doesn't take a lot. And, and I could be wrong here. A lot of people were like, oh, it's Kyle Bush. It's Kyle Bush. Look at the years. <laughs> and it was, I think it's Austin. Is it Austin Hill? I think is who it is, who they were. Um, and, and then you get that, I guess he's racing this week. Any he, Matt, did you see that announcement? I think is Austin Hill racing in the cup race this week or getting, making a cup debut or something. Yes, ma'am. He is. Yeah. Uh, I think he, the 33 car yeah so i i think that's yeah. who it is but i mean well, i think just... nascar i think excuse me real quick don i think nascar did a media availability today with austin hill oh okay i saw, some, I saw something on the uh on the website uh some interview was done so anyway i'm sorry well, i ahead. just think that i think kyle bush and the not knowing with him ha- has every team in the in the garage area you know their interest peaked because Let's face it, if you have an opportunity to scoop him up, you know, you're going to do it. And I, I, while I still don't think I see him leaving JGR, um, I think they'll figure it out. I think uh, Dale Jr. had a lot of analysis on that, on, on things that could happen, um, ways that they could work around for a year, like where maybe Kyle gets some incentives, win, win incentives and some other things like that to help kind of make up the difference in what he's asking for and what they're willing to give him and those kind of things. But um, I don't know. Well, I just, do you want to race against him is the thing. I mean, if you're, if you're Joe Gibbs racing, do you want to let Kyle Busch go knowing that he could go somewhere else and race against your team? Or would you do whatever you could in your power? You know, even if it means you take a little bit of a loss for a year you know, would you do whatever you could to to keep him, to have him mold your, you know, your grandson and some others to help him, well, have him be there as a person for them to learn and, and give your grandson another year in the Xfinity series um, before. Yes, he's looked great in a couple of races, you know, but again, we've seen it with Joey Logano. We've seen it with Daniel Suarez. You know, we've seen guys get rushed into that series too soon. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that have come in and made a debut filling in and and done great because adrenaline is a great thing. And, and sometimes not knowing and just going on instinct, you know, is good. But then once they get settled in and, and, and things, and it depends on the track too, I think as well. Um, will he have those same kind of performances on some of the more difficult tracks? 
who's to say, but um, I don't know. I just, mm. I just All wonder right. with Tyler, I really do on, on if he's going to stay there with RCR one more year or, you know, will they cut their losses early and try to go ahead and move on and, you know, that kind of thing. Well, I have a couple of questions for Matt, which has now grown from one that's like three. So Sorry. Matt, Matt, what do you think about Tyler? You think he'll be back next year or will RCR go with someone else? What do you think? Just based on. Look at, I'm going to stop being a, a competitor and I'm going to look at it as a race fan. You got two things to look at at the RCR stable. One, you got a driver who's won two races this year. The other, you got a driver who's finishing in the twenty mid twentieth places and and further back. Uh, yes, is he the grandson? Yeah, but at the same time, are you building your brand around one person or your multiple people? And mm-hmm. I think that that they need to look at. Um, we've seen it happen with Mike Dillon. You know, he drove, and then now I guess he does something with competition over there. I think. Yeah, I think at some point the sponsors are going to get a little irritated and be like, well, why are we paying the same amount of money and we're not getting the results as our other sponsor who has won two races this year? Yeah. That's, that's where I'm at. Me and my, my best friend, we've been talking about it. And uh, I mean, we're along the same lines, you know, what, what is the, the difference look like over there right now? Yeah. What about uh, Tyler Redrick? Did was that uh, announcement of going to the twenty three eleven? Was that handled wrong? Do you think? Because Richard Childress, we're going to hear from him in a minute. I, I get the feeling that he wasn't too happy about that the way that went down. I I, I think everything that was done that way was handled incorrectly. Um, do I think that you need to have a plan set foot? Of course. You know, this is a sport where longevity as a driver it does last. You have to have a plan to go about it. Um, as far as jumping the gun and beat the team uh, that you race for to a uh, you know a media statement, a press release, anything like that, press conference, um, you know that that was his decision. Was it the correct one? In my eyes, no. Um, in his eyes, hey, he did what he did, and it stuck. And here we go. Now he's good. Uh, you know, everything's out there. He's gonna be driving for twenty three eleven, and. Yeah. Uh, that's just what my feelings are on that one. And then the third thing I wanted to ask you, because Dawn touched on it about Kyle Busch, um, what do you think? How, how do you think that's going to play out? Does he does he stay at uh, Joe Gibbs, or does he go to say Stuart Haas, or or what? What's I mean, that's a big unknown right now. I mean, what do you what do you think? I think Gibbs has got a lot to lose. Yeah, and look at everything that he's done, all the wins, um, the championship as what he brings to the table, the intensity, the passion, mm-hmm. drive, um, and also the mentorship, you know, like you were, like I think Don was saying that you could teach Ty, um, you know, I think that losing him would be a big shot to the foot. But if he does move, Hey, does that, does that elevate him and make him drive a different kind of way knowing that he can go back and be like, you know what, this is what y'all had, and I'm going to shove it right in your face. Yeah. He's definitely a strong competitor, and he loves to win, and he's, you know, been in winter in many different types of racing, you know, in series and classes and everything. So uh, I agree. Uh, it would be tough for Joe Gibbs to lose somebody like that. 
I said, and, and Mike, I know you said uh, that once I tweeted it, you were like, I've, I've kind of thought about the same thing. And, and for me to say this, I mean, knowing how big of a homer I was for, for Dale Jr., but if if Junior Motorsports is looking to go in 2024, that's the only thing is I think it's the timing of everything because, you know, I mean, it's Kyle Busch going in 2023. But I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, if they had a way, if they knew, okay, we could land a sponsorship right now, if we could, you know, this could jump us if we go ahead and make the jump for 2023 to do a Cup Series race or, you know, or to – I mean, I could see Kyle Busch going to junior motorsports. I know a lot of people are like, no, no, they would never put up with them. I don't know if people have realized, but, you know, him and, and Junior buried the hatchet on, on, on his show. And not only that, but, Mike, they've done several podcasts together with other people, um, other people's podcasts. They did one, and I, I can't remember the guy's name. He's an ex-player uh, there with the Panthers, and he has a podcast. What was their podcast? Uh, blonde guy i can't remember his name right now why is awesome. it yes i think so i think it, i think he has a podcast and it's geared around actually it's geared around youth sports mm-hmm. is is what his his podcast is about so they do a lot of it like i mean a lot of the podcasts or that one that they did with the two of them was about being competitors but what was so cool is a lot of it was about junior and his dad and how he grew up racing and then how Kyle is now being the father to the racing dad to Brexton and how Kyle and Kurt grew up with their dad. Their dad was a hero at the local track and raced, you know, but never went to the next level like Dale senior did, but a lot of the similarities and stuff growing up and, and different things between Dale junior and, and Kyle and just listening to them on this podcast and stuff, I, I just you can kind of sense the appreciation between the two. It would chap Junior Nation's ass. <laughs> but I mean, my God, I mean, could you I couldn't think of a of, of a better I mean, from a business standpoint, it would be huge. And and why wouldn't if you're Kyle Bush, why wouldn't you want to go to Junior Motorsports? I mean, you know that they're I know that they say that they have issues sometimes with sponsorships and all, but let's face it, they're going to grab, they're going to grab a good, they'll find a sponsor for Kyle Busch. I think it would work out a lot better. Whereas Joe Gibbs racing tends to, you know, I mean, let's face it, Joe Gibbs, he's a preacher man and, and there's, there's different, he's got a different philosophy on sponsorships and stuff and different they work with different buddies landing some big ones though. You know, yeah. But I'm I'm saying, you know, I mean, junior motorsports, you open yourself up to a beer sponsorship again or something like that. You know what I mean? And no, and, with that. <laughs> and, and there's I mean, there's energy. Why? I mean, hell, between between the two of them, Kyle could go and start his own damn team. I mean, he makes he's got that kind of money if he really and, and or expand Kyle Busch Motorsports, you know, and, and, and run a cup team and do his own thing. But um I don't know. You know, I mean, it's just from from listening to Kyle, I just get the sense that, you know, he's he wants to win. He wants to be with a team where he can win a championship or else he's done. And he'll go he'll go start working with his son, doing his son's thing. You know, on, on he doesn't want to just be a filler, just ride around a track. And so I think that that's where it really kind of narrows down the field although with that said let me play devil's advocate really quick this new car has just thrown a monkey wrench in all of that because everyone is a contender every week i mean hell look at richard petty motorsports and now we've got eric jones now signed to a a longer term contract there 
Um, he's come in and, and Eric Jones every week is, is running up there in the top 10, um, you know, and it's not Richard Petty Motorsports anymore. It's GAPM or whatever it is. But, um, um, you understand what I'm saying though, is, I mean, there's, this car has leveled it to where there's all kinds of teams that, you know, if you get the right combination of a great driver, equipment doesn't, or the team's money, financial things doesn't seem to matter anymore because everyone has the same equipment, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right, Matt? Is that what I'm trying to say? Pretty much. Allegedly. His <laughs> motors. That's Car bike is the same, but motor and horsepower is all different. Yeah. Well, that's true, but then, you know, they say, and if you've listened to Justin Marks comes on quite a bit with Dave Moody and stuff during the weeks and, 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 and all, and then Justin Marks was on Junior's podcast a few weeks ago, and he was kind of talking to, to Dell Junior from the owner standpoint, especially in the Cup Series, and a lot of things with this car are going to be changing once this TV deal is done. Um, and, and in his opinion, this car will be a lot less expensive to run. They have come up with different ways to make it less expensive to run, to make it more feasible for other teams to be able, um, to come in and, and, and run this car and, and have it be able to run. I mean, like they were shocked that they were able to run as competitively as, as they have been, um, but I guess, you know, the, over this first couple of years, you know, it's going to be a little bit of, of an expense as far as the car goes, but they've, they've already started to come up with ways of making it less expensive to run. And I think they were also talking about the price of charters and stuff also coming down and some other things. So, um, you know, but it all depends on this TV deal, the TV money deal. So I don't know, confusing, but Go listen to the podcast is all I'm saying. Go listen to Dell Jr.'s download because Justin Marks and him have an amazing conversation from an owner's side because he's almost kind of giving pointers to Dell Jr. on like coming into the Cup Series, what they need to be focused on because this is what the ownership side and stuff has been, you know, has been trying to work on with this new car and stuff. So um, anyway, I know back to owners, Richard Childress, um, talked of, of course, after the win as well. And then like we were saying, it was awkward. We were all kind of waiting for this awkwardness, but, um, he kind of explained it. It's not the first, not his first rodeo as, as he yeah. kind of says. A couple of the guys caught up with him here. And, uh, I think this is from the press conference, actually, this audio. And here's what he said regarding Tyler. Well, when, after, uh, after, uh, they made their announcement, uh, I met, I thought about it a lot that night, gave it a lot of thought. And it's more than just about one person. It's about a team. And uh, I stayed up most of the night thinking about what I should do, how I wanted to handle it. So I went in the next day and told the whole team, wasn't a perfect circumstance the way it went down, but we're going to give it everything we've got for this year and we'll see where we go next year. Nate Ryan, NBC Sports. Uh, Richard, going back to your first answer, if I've got this right, I think you said we're going to give it everything we've got this year and we'll see what we get next year. Are you guys still figuring out 2024 with the eight and Tyler? What? Excuse me. Are you still figuring out if Tyler will be in yeah, the eight Tyler next year? Tyler will be in a car at RCR next year. In the eight car. Okay. You know, it's uh, anytime you win at Indy, it's great. You put everything out when you win at Indy. Uh, uh, just like I told uh, earlier, I said, uh, Kevin Harvick and I sat down and talked about uh, the when he was leaving for a couple hours, made a joint uh, 
made our joint uh, press conference, and this didn't happen like this. And we won four races of Harvick and almost won the championship. And this team won the championship. We got a good shot. They'll have a heck of a shot. And there you go, Don. They do have a heck of a shot. And wouldn't that be something if Tyler Redder gets the, the title this year? You never know how this season is going to play out. No, you don't. I mean, stranger things could happen. And I know Matt said he didn't agree with it. I, I'm on the fence on how the announcement came down. Because in this day of day and age now, Mike, you and I discussed when it came down that everyone, I mean, it, it took media and stuff by oh, yeah. shock. I, I mean, from what my understanding is. With that said, in this day and age of leaks and everything else, I just kind of feel like they wanted to get ahead of it, get ahead of it before it got out there. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it was weird, I thought, because it's still mm -hmm. not till 2024. But again, I just wonder if it, is it really or is Denny it, does is Denny and, and Michael Jordan kind of hoping that like we were talking about earlier that, you know, where they may be hoping that it wouldn't that something could happen where Tyler could get out early or that there may be that option. I don't know. The whole thing you, was just kind of strange. You kind of have to wonder now with Kurt Busch and this concussion thing that he's got going, you know, as far as him sitting out and, and is he like junior, you know, you, you've had your bell rung too much now and maybe you need to step out and get it you know, step away and, and do something else. And so that could open up a spot there. We maybe he slides into that, to that seat. I don't know, uh, but it's sure. I, I thought it was kind of unprofessional the way they, they did the announcement. Um, it was, but know. it was more unprofessional. The PR guy from Childers Racing's <laughs> response. I mean, to me, well, that response took away everything from, the negative side of the, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Cause it was just like this bitter, I don't know. It, it, it just wasn't professional at all. Um, yeah. but you know, then again, I mean, we're caught him by surprise, well, but Matt touched on it. Yeah. He did. I, I feel like he didn't say this, but we've all said it. I feel like Tyler has probably felt very disrespected at Richard Childers Racing. He's obviously the best racer that they have, but he's not in the best equipment all the time. Um, he's not – the attention isn't on him. Um, he's not the one with a dumbass show on TV that <laughs> is stupid. Uh, I've watched it, and it's dumb. But anyway, you know what I'm saying? Like, all the focus is on Austin. And so – I kind of can see the attitude of, well, I don't owe them anything. They're not, you know, I'm not their, their main guy. I think if he was their main guy, there would have been more of a respect and a level of, of communication and stuff there. But I looking outside of it and, and from what I've heard rumor, I don't think that there was, that there's a lot of communication there to begin with, which is part of the reason why he's looking to get out of there and, and stuff, you know, the communication goes through the yeah. three car and the three car pretty much only. Yeah. Is, is, what, what, is that what you, yeah. Kevin yeah. Harvey, same oh, thing. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you know, what are you going to do? And I mean, Mike, you and I discussed it too. I mean, look at Ty. I mean, Ty's not even a part of it. You know, he's over there and, and now he's getting bounced to another team member. We were talking about would, would, would grandpa bring Ty home, you know, possibly? No, obviously not. It's going to be Austin Hill over there. So, um, I don't, the whole situation yeah, is it's just a weird situation. It really is. It really is. 
Well, Don, I want to ask Matt something else. You know, when we last time we had him on, we were talking about how many different winners we've had this year. Now we've had 14 and, um, Blaney is that way up there in the standing still doesn't have a victory and Truex is, is in there, you know, he's up there doing pretty good, uh, looking for a victory in Harvick. Matt, do you see any of those three drivers getting a win before the, we go into the playoffs or, or, is, or could we have a 15th and 16th winner from someone else? Well, I mean, how do you think this, these last few races are going to play, play out? <laughs> I mean, it is wide open. Um, hopefully, you know, I like Blaney. I like Truex. Maybe they get a win. That'd be great. But at this point in time with 14 different winners, it, it is anybody's game. I don't know how NASCAR is going to deal with that. I mean, what happens when you get, I don't know, we'll throw out a crazy thing. What happens if you get 17 winners, different winners? How are they going to deal with that? Uh, you know, the whole winning you're in. So it'd be it bring a lot of drama, which is what we want in this sport, right? We always want to talk about something. Media's got to talk about something. And uh, it would be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. I, yeah coming up this weekend, I mean, I think Penske's got power. Like, you know, maybe maybe this is where Blaney excel, uh, excels and pulls off a victory and, and locks him and secures himself into that championship. Yeah. yeah. you know, and, and think about this, though, too. We talk about Harvick and we talk about Truex. People leave out that 10 car and Eric Amarola is, is a great driver. And when that 10 car is on, I mean, he's gotten caught up in, in some other things too this season. Uh, things that, you know, kind of like how Bubba was there for a while, Mike. I mean, it was just like he's yeah. just driving along and or the car broke or, you know, I mean, it was just random stuff. But Eric's a great driver. And, and, and yeah. here, you know, with all this talk about it, will he come back, even though he's announced that he was retiring, but – they haven't announced anything for that 10 car for, for next season. And my understanding from what, you know, a lot of people in the media and stuff is they don't have anybody there. There hasn't really even been anybody looked at for that position. So, um, I think it's a wait and see thing, but, um, but what about, you know, um, what about Ross Chastain in that last lap, uh, before we, cause we still got two audio files I want to play. Yeah. I don't mean to change the subject, but, uh, we're talking about, you know, crazy things happening, was that wild when he w- went off on the access road and then all of a sudden zipped through there? It's like, damn, he's going to get, you know, he's going to win this thing. I mean, what? I, I didn't get to see it. I was loading up the car at that point. Uh, but the replay that I got to see, I mean, it's it was interesting. I mean, is that a rule? Can you use the access road for something like that? That's what the whole controversy is about, right? Yeah. And, Created a drama. Um, I think you can play both sides. Um, I think going into that, knowing how aggressive everybody is driving and how there is a lack of respect for everybody, maybe he made the right move and and people upstairs didn't like it. So it's just one of those things where you're gonna. It's just a, it's just a call. Yeah. You're gonna play their game, and that's all it is. Yeah. Well, let's, let's hear what he had to say. You want to hear okay. play it on? This is yeah. uh, after the race uh, interview on the front straightaway. Here we go. Ross Chastain loves Indianapolis as well, I am sure. And all the places you can race here, you were looking for a spot there at the end. What were you thinking? What do you mean, where? Taking the access road there and, and uh, getting off course there. I'll oh, just try not to be in the carnage there in turn one. I knew we were, I thought we were four wide and uh, was 
couldn't go any farther right and uh, decided to take the, the NASCAR access lane out there. Is that something you and the team had talked about earlier? It's like, that's a great option and it, and it may not cost us anything? No, Dave, no. Uh, just pure reaction there. Uh, for our Worldwide Express Chevy, it's, uh, I took it in practice on X, like just overshooting turn one and um, you know where, this, where they're at, right? And in, in 12, you have to go around the, the loop there and there is uh, around the poles. So, uh, yeah, just went, went to not get hit and merge back on where I merged. A strong day ends. Not the way that Ross wanted it to. Natural reaction there, guys. Just getting out of the way. <laughs> well, it was it was something else. Well, and and I wasn't going because I had sent this to you, and and we hadn't planned on playing it. But Matt brought up the question of is it legal or is it not? Um, I know earlier in the week we, we we play a lot of Joey Logano audio because Joey comes on on Tuesdays on the morning drive uh, for an hour and does. Um, a behind the wheel segment or whatever. And Joey addressed this whole issue. And I thought brought up some really good points from a driver's and uh, standpoint and brought up exactly what Matt is, uh, was just asking. So I think we should play it and listen to what Joey had to say. And then we'll discuss afterwards um, from that standpoint, what, what you guys think. Cause to me, his opinion gives you a whole different scenario once you hear what his opinion is. So uh, let me cue that up real quick. From what I understand, and I may be wrong, but what I understand, what they did is legal. From what I understand. <clears throat> and it's not the first time it happened. Austin Dillon did it in the Xfinity race. I watched it. He did it. Maybe one, maybe even twice. I'm not sure. He definitely did it once. I think he did it twice. So he was ready for it. And all of us saw it and had conversations about it with our teams beforehand. This was, this was a real play in the playbook that, hey, if it looks like you're going to be five wide on the outside, blow the corner. You're going to be pushing the grass anyway. You don't have a chance of making the corner. So just commit hard and don't even try to make the corner. Just go hard to the, to the cutout, boom, pop back out. You're probably going to come out ahead. Right? I mean, we didn't have it fully calculated to say we're going to gain spots, but it was going to be definitely safer. And, you know, you weren't going to get pushed off the track. And you're probably, after everything is bottled up and everyone's going so slow through the first couple corners, you're probably going to come out ahead. And this this happened at an Xfinity race this year, too. I don't remember what track it was. I think Noah Gregson was doing it. On, uh, I don't know if it was Mid-Ohio or Portland or one of them. I don't know. There was a cutout somewhere like the same thing was happening. And no one made a call. No, NASCAR didn't make a call. And so... That's how we make decisions is when we see something happen and there's no call. Okay. It's okay to do. Got it. What I saw Ross do. Great. I mean, he, to me, he snookered everybody. He got him. You know what I mean? He did. He pulled it off. He did it. He had the guts to do that. Right. Like he pulled it off. He almost won the race. He, he finished second in my book. I, 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 I don't know. And now he can't do it. Well, what happened the other times? It was okay. I, don't, I that's where I get a little, I get a little confused on that one. Uh, how how we how we handle that? I mean, really, all you have to do is say if you blow turn one, you have to do a stop and go, right? You just have to come to a complete stop and go again. You're not going to come out ahead, and that's going to just eliminate that, right? All right. So, Matt, 
you ask the question, is it legal? Joey, in his opinion, he thought it was legal. That's what he was thinking because he saw Austin Dillon do it. He says he knows for sure once, but possibly even twice the day before. And he's seen Noah Gregson do it earlier in the season in an Xfinity race at one of the other road course races. And nothing was done to them. They weren't penalized for it. And they haven't been told, and they obviously weren't told in the driver's meeting, that you couldn't do that. That that's, you know, so your thoughts? Everything's made up and the points don't matter. (laughs) (laughs) How's that? There you go. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I just thought it was, when when I saw it and I heard it, it's like... This is what I love about Joey Logano. Again, it's he doesn't give a you know he don't care. He's going to tell you what he how he feels about it. And I thought it was great. He gave he gave props to Ross. He was like, look, we all talked about it with our crews about you know would we be would we make the move? And basically, he said Ross had the balls to do it. And he yeah. in his view, Ross got a second place finish. And it, and NASCAR shouldn't have penalized. Now they're still going to be questioning it. Um, but Mike, I know that NASCAR came down or came out, I guess, later in the week and they discussed and tried to explain it away and explain how it was an advantage and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, what is he supposed to do then barrel in there and take out the field, trying to squeeze like, like they were doing in turn one there for that got him into the overtime to begin with because everyone was bottlenecking themselves up in there. I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the call is. It's like a damned if you do damned if you don't. It really is. Yeah, 100%. And it's one of those things, too, where it makes you wonder if it's if it wasn't Ross Chastain. If it was if it would have been somebody else, would it have been allowed? If Chase Elliott would have done that, I'll say it. I don't care if if Chase Elliott would have made that move. Does he get penalized and have a second place finish taken away from him? If if Junior was still running and Junior did it. I see, I always hate when people use the junior example, not because I'm a homer, but um, Mike Bagley nailed this earlier in the week, uh, and I've heard him say it before, and it's so true, because junior's always the one that people would like to, oh, NASCAR, it's fixed. And, well, if that was the case, then junior would have been a 14-time champion. You know, h- how many championships did Dell Jr. have? Zero. You know, that's how many times they fix races for Dell Jr. to win championships on. So I don't know. I'm just saying, I don't think that Chase Elliott gets that penalty. I don't, I mean... Um, yeah, I just he, said that to push your buttons a little I bit. I know, and then I always have to remind you: Didn't Dell Junior get docked twenty five points and twenty five grand for saying shit in Victory Lane? So yeah, <laughs> and how many people have I heard say shit and fuck and whatever else since? Then? <laughs> Daniel Suarez did, and it was amazing, and I loved it. So all right, anyway, so we'll one move more on. thing. Oh, go ahead. The guy from Ford. Um, yes. We we want to hear what he had to say. You know, Ford. They say cars are a little disadvantaged, I think, right now. Yeah, Matt, and that's something I want to talk to you about, too, is, you know, because it's, again, you know, we're always talking about the Toyotas and the Chevys, and, you know, they they have been talking about the Fords being a little disadvantaged. Um, Although, I mean, Christopher Bell is in a Ford, isn't he? Uh, I mean, does Stuart Haas drive the Ford? Stuart Haas is Chris. Chris is Toyota. He's in the yeah, he's yeah. in the Toyota. Um, but, um, but you know, 
I want to hear from him and hear what he has to say. But, you know, I want to remind folks, especially coming to a track like Michigan. Um, I mean, Chris Buescher was up there running, running good here uh, last week as well there for a little bit and, and caught on fire and then continued to, to run well. But um, Brad Keselowski has had some pretty good runs over the last couple of weeks. So um, let's hear let's hear what uh, the, the guys over there at Ford have to say on if Ford is struggling. Is it something that they're are they looking to the still next season? You know, is that what they're focused on or, or what their answer is? And then we'll discuss a little bit more on, on what we think. Yeah, Don, uh, before I play this, I want to point out there's Ford had one, two, three, let's see, four, five, six, seven drivers in the top 10 in this race here. So, uh, in the, in the, in the, in the finish, but this is Mark, uh, Mark Rushbrook. He's a global director of Ford performance motorsports. Our friend, Bob Popkris caught up with him and here's what, uh, Mark had to say. Um, yeah, I don't think our struggles that we've had this season, uh, are related to that. The, the process uh, that NASCAR has to submit your car and, and get inside the, the box for parity is, is a good, robust process. Um, certainly coming online with an all-new car and the need to revisit that just before the start of the season was the right thing to do for the sport. And uh, everybody's inside that box, and uh, we feel there's a, a parity, a, a play, an equal playing field for all three manufacturers to compete in my opinion, the, the pounding on the hauler isn't the right way to go about it because the, the sport has changed. The, the rules are the rules and everybody's got to race within those rules. Um, so we just need to optimize within those rules like all the teams are. And there you go. So what do you think about that? Matt, your thoughts on Ford? I don't know. I mean, I still think that they're up there running decent. They're running good. I think mm-hmm. it might come down to a point of car style, body lines, maybe a little bit in the power plant. Um, you know, with these new cars, Arrow, the way they have, they have everything designed is, is such a unique situation. I mean, there's so much that could play into that. I, I still think that as this season gets towards the end of the year, you're going to start seeing Ford have a different mentality going forward as we get closer to the, you know, the playoffs and stuff like that. And people are going to start amping up. I mean, it's just, it it is such a difficult line there between, you know, like I was saying, the aerodynamics, the power plan with the engines, um, because everything's so, everything's manufactured by, by, you know, all the NASCAR vendors and everything like that. Um, but maybe upgrading a body style through through the, through Ford and, and figuring out in the wind tunnel where they can get an advantage. Um, I mean, that's all going to play key. I mean, there was even something I don't I, I don't even remember who it was, but it was the uh, tear off tabs. You know, they made a new rule where, you know, you can't have tear off tabs on the right side. I mean, Teams are playing, teams are in the wind tunnel, teams are trying to find that advantage over somebody else. Um, and I think as the end of the year comes in playoffs, Ford's going to be up there just as long with everybody else. It's, it's a tough one to figure out, but that's why those guys get paid the big bucks, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Um, 
Well, and, and before we, we switch subjects, I know one of the big things, and, and Matt and I talked yesterday uh, a little bit, and so I definitely want to talk about this. One of the biggest stories coming out of, of Indianapolis was uh, Kyle Larson and his car just taking off like a rocket. And it, Did he lose brakes? Did he have brakes? What, what was the situation? And uh, Matt, you were definitely had a, uh, your opinion on, on this because, it's, I mean, that was a scary situation. It could have been a really, really – had these cars not been as safely built and stuff and, and uh, the safety measures and stuff that they have, that was – I mean, I, I – I, it, it, it just it didn't look – it did not look good. Um, I know we've heard that through the week there's been different stories that come out. So I guess the latest is no, there was no breaks. Is that is that kind of what we've been hearing as, as far as the tel- – um, what, what, what do you call it? NBC posted that they saw that his foot was going through the floor. It wasn't slowing down. But mm-hmm. then obviously on the other side, you're getting the team saying, well, there was nothing wrong. So it's a, it's a back and forth of somebody's going to cover somebody and, and somebody's going to tell the truth. So you got to pick and listen and dissect everything and figure out who's telling what. Wow. But at that, we all know. We all watched the race. We were all paying attention. He did not slow down. He tried his best. Um, should he have cut to the left and hit around through the corners? Yes, but in that time, I mean, none of us are going that fast. None of us have a reaction that quick uh, like Kyle does, and he made his move, and, and that's what happened. Yeah. That was that was scary. I don't know. I don't know what to say. You know, I, I thought maybe the throttle stuck, you know, or something uh, – uh, I, I, I was speculating like everybody else was one, what happened, you know, or what might've happened, but it's still, it, they're lucky that both the drivers were okay. I mean, that was a pretty hard hit and it could have been worse. And who do you think got the worst of it? Do you think Ty Dillon got the worst of it or you think Larson? Yeah. Got the worst? I think yeah. Ty got the worst of it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, your car dang near going i don't even know how fast they're going around there but you know slower um dramatically slower than what kyle was and he was probably pushing 160 and i mean a car going that fast slamming it into you uh, that's gonna hurt and that's i mean it destroyed his race car um Mm -hmm. and you can see the pictures you can see um how how much damage there was you can hear it in his voice that it was not very fun yeah yeah yeah. And, and, um, I mean, and then, you know, just that wheel hopping and stuff too. I mean, it, I, Kyle kind of went, I mean, he was airborne, I think, right? Wasn't he? And when he hit, so, I mean, it's like that downward force too of it coming out, but that kind of ties into, to a lot of the talk that's been going on as far as safety. Um, mm-hmm. and are these cars safe And that? And a lot of the drivers have been saying, Joey Logano talked about it too, during the week that the hits are harder. They're feeling them. The, they, they feel different. Um, while yes, the car is safe, it's just the the impact of these hits and stuff that these drivers are taking. Um, they feel very different than the cars in the past uh, and and stuff. And Matt, you were telling me too. I mean, I guess it was this week that it was discussed about the mouthpieces and stuff. Now the mouth guards and all that NASCARs is going to have them wear. Correct? Yeah, Bob Pockers actually tweeted that. Um, you can look back. I think it was after the Kurt Busch wreck um, that the drivers were going to wear. Uh, mouthpieces that can provide data on how hard um, their head's moving and how much they're biting down and just impacts of the wrecks um, to get a feel and understanding to make the car safer. Um, you know, with that, 
You know, they're just trying to look after driver safety, make sure everybody's good. Um, you know, and, and one of the biggest things is Kurt, you know, he backed the car into the water Pocono. Yeah, it's a fast corner, but it wasn't anything abnormal what you would have saw in the Gen 6 car. And he's still out with a concussion. Um, mm-hmm. You have all different aspects to play and look into. And we'll just, you know, it's just one of those things. NASCAR's trying hard to make the safety um, for the drivers as best as they can um, and as safe as they can. And with that, you're going to have a learning curve. You got to figure out how are we going to make this safer? But how are we going to make this fall apart when you wreck the wall? Um, you know, race car is meant to explode and fall apart with the pieces because that way it can dissipate energy and keep the driver safe. Um, you know, and that's just something that they're going to have to continue working on with these race cars. Um, and, and we'll see how the year and, and how they progress with it. No, I don't have any other thing to say really other than the fact that I just hope that they, uh, these guys, you know, this, this car holds up going into, you know, the last races of the season. We don't have any, you know, bad crashes, especially when we go back to Daytona and everything, you know. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, this track coming up this weekend, Michigan is one where it can happen because the speeds are so fast there uh, and it's a wide track, you know, you're going to get guys, uh, I mean, what, sometimes at Michigan, you go five wide at Michigan too, can't you? I mean, or we've seen that. So, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. And yeah, I mean, you, in the end, we want guys to be safe. Uh, one other thing before we go, I, I, I wanted folks, you know, to go on, especially on Twitter, if you go and, and look up the NASCAR serious NASCAR channel 90, um, tweet feed uh when i was talking about joey logano a lot of stuff you know they'll put up audio from joey there was one other thing that joey talked about i don't want to get into it too much but he talked about the fact that um do fans you know are are fans wanting to see good guys and bad guys or see hard racing the way that they were racing there at indy you know because it's again we live in this world now of people where you know it's like oh you know you want to coddle everybody and oh they're racing too hard and you know they're wrecking each other nobody has respect oh my god if i have to hear jeff burton and them talk about respect drivers not respecting each other and stuff and logano again nails it in my opinion he's like fans true fans they don't want they don't want to hear you talking about drivers respecting each other. They want you to get your ass out there and race. And you you're going for a win and however you do that win whether it's dirty, whether it's whatever, you discuss it, you take it up in the garage area after with your fist or with whatever. But on the racetrack, you're out there all for one purpose and that's a checker flag. And if you feel like you've got an opening, then you take that opening. And it doesn't matter if you're a rookie, it doesn't matter if you're a, you know, a veteran, it, it, it doesn't matter. You do what you feel is in the best interest of you, your team and your sponsor and the chips fall where they may and you deal with it after. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear that because they want these kumbaya moments and they want to they they want to feel like young drivers owe these these veterans something or whatever and i'm sorry it's bullshit you cannot tell me that kyle bush or or kevin harvick when because i mean we could say harvick but um these drivers when they were starting out i'm i'm sorry you know i mean while senior had passed away but there was got rusty wallace and other guys they weren't sitting there you know oh uh, i mean well i'm gonna let rusty drive by no they were racing them just as hard i mean that's that's racing that's what you do and yeah there's a dry there's a line there i mean of respect but there's also a line there of knowing we are the best drivers or we're supposedly 
the best drivers in the world at this style of racing and this style of car, we all have equal right to that victory. And, you know, I mean, you're going to go for it. And how many times have we watched guys take other guys out? You know, I mean, do things that, you know, you could call questionable. It's part of racing. Oh, my God. I'm so over this, like, this need. Like, these guys have to, you know, oh, excuse me. Let me slow down my car because, you know, you're so-and-so and and have a championship. And let me, you know, let you go by. No, that's not how we race. Or, God, I hope it's not because if it is, then I don't want to – I'm not going to watch it anymore. I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of them sissifying racing. You have no personalities. Right. Nothing, because if you have a personality that doesn't fit your sponsor, then you don't have a sponsor. You don't have a ride. Mm -hmm. Biggest problems. And I'm going to say, because that's the way it is. You know? And, 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 you know, the whole respect deal, yes, do people need to, you know, pay attention diving into a corner who's around you? Of course. Not just slide up and slam buddy slam somebody into the wall, no. you know, but everybody needs to race hard. That's the way it was. Yeah. You get respect to get respect, and yeah. that's I mean. But there is none of that because everything comes down. Even in the truck series, it comes down to I'm paying this amount of money, and I have to prove myself. You know, and we watched it in the truck race this weekend, and that's just the way it is. That's the nature of this beast that has been created in this style of NASCAR money, the funding and everything else. You have to race your ass off and you got to have a, I don't give a shit attitude because at the end of the day, if you do have it, like if you don't care and you're winning, you're going to get, you're going to get seen and you're going to get moved up. Well, and Matt, I think a lot of it though, Mike, wouldn't you agree is a lot of this talk has spun out or spun, spun out has come out because of Ross Chastain. I mean, that's mm-hmm. been the controversy for weeks. And what I liked about what Joey said, and, and I've used Joey and Brad Keselowski as examples over the last few weeks, because in my opinion, they are the epitome of this kind of driver. They don't give a shit. They're not worried about friendships in the garage. They're not worried about where they're going to go to lunch or who they're going to be playing golf with during the week or whatever. They are out there to win races. And, you know, they've for years when they've gone about and made a move, especially Joey, Joey has taken so much crap for moves that he's made because Joey is an aggressive racer. And so I think that's why Joey tends to kind of lean to the side of what Ross Chastain my biggest issue Matt and and I told Mike this earlier uh, two weeks ago when we recorded last I'm sick and tired of listening to people complain and mainly drivers other drivers complain about the way Ross Chastain drives because here's my here's my was my take Ross Chastain ain't new to racing. This is how he raced in the truck series. This is how he raced in the Xfinity series. This is how he raced last year when he was driving the the car that he was driving last year. Why all of a sudden is it such a big deal? I'll tell you why. Because he's winning. And that's in the heads of veterans and guys who have been struggling. And so they're trying to come up with all these excuses and all these other things other than the fact that this kid has come in, drove his ass off, and is kicking everyone's ass. And... <laughs> You know, oh, he, he, it's just, he's aggressive. No, he's not. He's not any more aggressive than anybody else. He's just winning and you're not. And that's just how I've seen it. I, I'm, I just, I blew my gasket here a couple of weeks ago. Cause I'm just, again, I'm tired 
of the complaining about the way the dude races. I don't see anything wrong with the way he races. I really don't. No, I love it. On the back. I mean, that's what it is. He's racing his ass off. He got his shot. What would you do? What would you do if you got that shot? You drove crap forever to get to where you're at. Mm -hmm. How would you race? Well, especially if you're in winning equipment, if you have equipment that can win a race, I'm taking every chance I can to win that race. I mean, I I owe it to my team. Well, it's now or never. Right. He owes it to, and you know, Matt, you've, you've been a part of team. I mean, you've been on a truck that Ross has, you know, has, has been on. So you've been around Ross, you know, the kind of driver he is and stuff. And he, he, out of respect for that team, for his pit crew members, for for the stops that the team has made to get him the track position and stuff, he is going to leave it all out there on the track. That's the one thing you can say about him is he's going to give it his all. I think he apologizes too much lately. I don't think he owes anybody an apology. Just shut up. You know, let- Dakota, I was on that car with the DGM, Mario Goslin's team. Mm-hmm. And the, I think it was the 90, 91. 91 or 92, either way, it doesn't matter. But he's out there. He's leading the race. We come to a restart. What happens? He gets dunked and wrecked from behind, and he they destroyed the rear end of that car. Yeah. But, again, because it's Ross, you know, whatever. Somebody else did it. Nobody said nothing. So where's the problem? Yeah. Well, that's what I agree. And like I said, I mean, my biggest point to Mike was – this ain't the first season we've seen Ross Chastain race in the Cup Series. He raced all last year in the Cup Series and, and like, was a legitimate contender in several of the races, you know, I mean, that, that he was in. He was just as aggressive in shitty equipment, <laughs> um, you know, or less than par, I should say, equipment at the time with Ganassi. But we're not seeing anything any differently. And so I, I'm just, again, I'm over – I don't know what people want. A NASCAR fan just – and that's Ever. driver just, you know, what do you want? Do you want people to move out of your way so you can win the race? And, you know, or do you want them to race you? And I hate that. Well, I'm going to, I'll race them the way that they race me. Good. Then go put his ass in the wall if he puts you in the wall. That's what I want to yeah. see as a fan. If You know, I mean, I, as yeah. much as I'm not the biggest Denny Hamlin fan, good on Denny. He, he, he put Ross out, you know, he gave him his payback. Can we can move on now? We got it done before the championship where, you know, and, and I don't, that's how I feel it should have been done to begin with. And we move on, but I'm just, I'm so over like all these different rules needing to be made or people looking at the way that racing the style is and stuff, because Ross in their opinion, is an aggressive driver when, in my opinion, it's just Ross is winning and people haven't figured out why this team, this new team, is is having all of this success. Oh, it's got to be because he's taking people out left and right. I don't know. I just – I've seen Denny take plenty of people out. I'm just saying. (laughs) So anyway – all right, guys. Well, uh, that was our long NASCAR segment there. But um, IndyCar, we had Mike. Uh, we we raced this past weekend, and a little bit of controversy in IndyCar there. For the, um, was until the next day, I guess it was that we we get the controversy out of it. But um, Alexander Rossi comes away with the win. Yeah. But not after a big giant penalty coming afterwards because they tried to be sneaky. A little weight infraction penalty, I believe it was. The old water bottle trip. 
Yeah. And, uh, but, but Hey, he gets his uh, eighth career victory, snaps a 49 race losing streak and um, gets, gets the victory. Let me play the audio, his comment and everything. We'll kind of keep this a little shorter, I guess. And, uh, but here we go. I'll play this real quick. Here's his comment on the win at the press conference. Yeah, it's just a, it's a lot of relief, but I think is a, is the main word, you know, it's, <clears throat> we've had some, some race wins that we've thrown away for sure. Um, and we've had some, some weekends where we've just kind of not had the pace and for whatever reason, but, you know, I think that we, we knew, we knew things were trending in a, in a good direction this year. Um, and we had a solid test here a month or so ago. And I, I think the, the one constant has been just the, the mental, strength of the whole team, you know, it's, it's as challenging as it is for me. It's also hard for them, right. You know, they go in every day and, um, you know, work their butts off and, and when they don't get results, it's, it's hard for them as well. So I think that as a, as a unit, you know, that's one of our strengths is being able to continue to just push forward. So, um, it's a big team win and, and a big thank you to, to the whole organization. Obviously the carts were fast and, um, you know, it sucks what happened to Colton, but, you know, I've had my share of things kind of, it's just, <laughs> It comes full circle, I guess, sometimes. So it's uh, it's good to, to be up here. And Don, uh, they uh, they had they had, that that series had a great race, you know. And they're they're down to only a handful of races now before they crown a champion. And they're going to be in Nashville this weekend on the streets. And um, real competitive series this year for the IndyCar series. Yeah, it's it's definitely a close race. I believe uh, Will Power has the points lead right now. I believe. I could be wrong on that, but I thought I saw that. I think you're right. Uh, yes, he has the lead with just four races remaining. as a nine-point lead over Marcus Erickson, who we're going to hear from in a minute for a preview of the um, Nashville race. And um, Will Power finished third in the race, and I believe it was um, – I don't have the results from that. I'm trying to remember who finished second. It was um, – I don't even remember now. <laughs> oh, well. Remember, if you ain't first, you're last. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they're racing at, at Nashville. Uh, had a great race last season there. Um, they did the street course race there, right? Wasn't that what they did at Nashville? Correct. Yeah. So I, I believe I have, uh, I have four drivers here. Alex Palou, uh, Jimmy Johnson, Marcus Erickson, and I think the fourth one is Scott Dixon. This, this is short, but this is a little preview. Here's what they have to say about coming into Nashville and racing on the streets. Hey, guys. So Nashville this weekend, super excited. Uh, was a good race for us last year. Uh was a bit crazy for everybody, but uh, I think it's one of the biggest events for, for us in the calendar. Um, super excited to go back to the city. Um, amazing food, amazing music, and amazing atmosphere. So, um, yeah, only four races left to go this championship. Um, probably wasn't our best weekend last weekend at the Indy Road Course, but uh, super excited to try and do the best we can to to get to the last race of the season. Uh, with options to win this championship and hopefully get our second championship. So, yeah. We'll give it a try. We'll give everything we have, and we'll go for it. We're excited to be back at it again this weekend in Nashville. Uh, last year's race was a lot of fun, uh, a lot of energy in the city, a uh, wild race, and, and certainly a weekend that was tough on me. I had a few incidents. Uh, I hope to learn from those lessons, apply it, and uh, and have a much better uh, race weekend coming up. Um, but, again, just excited to, to be in such a, 
an, an area that loves motorsports. So excited for it to be downtown in Nashville with all the energy it provides and the pit stop competition on Thursday afternoon. Looking forward to being on track Friday and throughout the weekend and look forward to seeing all those great fans. All right. Nashville race weekend coming up. Uh, very excited about this one. Obviously I have good memories from last year. First ever Nashville Music City Grand Prix winner. And that was such an amazing just weekend. You know, it was an amazing event. So many fans there and the whole city was buzzing. So I can't wait to get back as the defending winner. Uh, and for us as well, you know, as a team, we, we come there with, with good confidence. I feel like we've had a really strong street course package this year. So can't wait to hit the streets in Nashville and try and defend that win from last year. Nashville, definitely excited. Uh, you know, the inaugural race was fantastic. Uh, the uh, fans were phenomenal. Uh, obviously, a 1-2 finish for, for Ganassi cars. Congratulations to Marcus for the win for last year. Uh, for us, we'll be trying to get that, uh, that top spot. But, um, yeah, fantastic uh, environment in that downtown vibe. We've got pit stop practice uh, or competition, actually, on the Thursday, which is going to be awesome on Broadway Street again. We're really looking forward to getting back to our national and Don and Matt, uh, Rossi finished 3.5441 seconds ahead of second-place finisher, rookie Christian Lungard, who scored a career-best second-place finish in his number 30 Honda. So uh, that's who finished second. I couldn't remember who that was, but there it's you go. Still, it, even though we're two years in, it's still so weird every time I hear Jimmy Johnson talk when he's talking in IndyCar. It's just it's still hard for me to wrap my head around it, but, but I love it. I love, I love Jimmy being a part of it. I love the IndyCar series and uh, yeah, this was a great race last year. So I can't wait to see it. Um, the, and, and Nashville, I mean, it just seems like everybody wants to, wants to be in Nashville, wants to be racing there. Matt, you like going to Nashville? Yeah. You can get good food. Uh, hot as hell though, but it's like, the indie guy, those indie guys, they race in some hot ass places during the summertime. I mean, really. Um, so, hey, speaking of that, really quick, um, and and I don't want to get into it too much, but we didn't get a chance to talk to you about this when it came down a couple of weeks ago. Your thoughts on y'all going to Chicago and, and doing a street course yeah. race in Chicago? Uh, I mean, I know as a as a pit crew guy, you're just kind of like, look, I just get on the plane and go. But I mean, from from what like Bob Pacris went around and showed kind of like a pathway and stuff. And I'm, I mean, I'm just thinking as a fan, I'm like, what a cool ass view. What a cool ass thing. I, I've been wanting to see a street course race. It's been talked about for a while. Joey Logano a few years ago said that in a perfect world, the one place that he would love to see a street course race would be, or he, the one race he would love to see NASCAR do would be a street course race through Vegas at night is what he kind of suggested. So, and then from there it kind of like spun, but it looks beautiful. I mean, like the, the way that they have the the course and stuff set up, it looks like it's going to be a really awesome, you know, um, view, you just you know, vantage point and stuff. Just don't know until you get there. Yeah. Uh, think it's something new something unique i mean if it works let's do it you know um and see what else is out there i, I think i think with everything that goes on with that it, it's just going to be people are going to have to adjust and again it comes down to this point you're not going to please everybody yeah and that's just the way it is you're going to have people like well this is the dumbest thing we just need to stick to ovals and then you got people that are going to love it and you're not going to have really that in between. Well, let me ask you as a pit crew member, because a lot of the controversy, 
I don't think had other than the the stupid ass racial comments and stuff, you know, that you come to expect from dumb people. But really and truly, I think the biggest issue was folks were mad that Road America, you know, was was removed. But my understanding that from listening to some friends and stuff and and, and then hearing things on uh, social media is from a pit crew standpoint or from a pit standpoint or, or team standpoint, there was a lot of teams that had troubles with Road America and were not. I mean, that's not a track that a lot of the teams like going to, is is my understanding, and or it was a very hard track for them. Um, and as far as on the teams, is am I correct on that? I mean, <clears throat> Road America is a great facility. Uh, when it comes down to pit pit stuff, I mean, they're very small, very narrow, um, and it does create a lot of different different aspects. I mean, you got cars that are coming up the hill that you can't see until they gears the crest and then it's just downhill from there um i think with what everybody talks about is is the way everything's set up there you have a chain like a chain link fence essentially pretty much right behind pit boxes and uh you have a couple slots and that are openings to get there and you gotta you gotta move pit boxes around. You gotta bring tires in. You gotta bring crash carts in, and uh, it's very tight. And uh, it's not an ideal situation being uh, even at this weekend in Indy uh, when you when you're looking at the road course setup heading down into turn one. You got a big giant grandstand there with the fence there, and it makes everything very tight. So. With that, you're going to have a lot of turmoil from different team members. Uh, people that are going to lose their heads and lose their cool at race fans that are just standing there, you know, at the end of the day, it's our job and it's what we got to do, but there's a way to go about it. And I think that's one of the biggest issues is you got these older guys, older crew guys that have been doing this forever and they're entitled and they just yell and do all this to, you know, race fans. I get their anger and their frustration, but at the same time, you know, you still got to be professional about everything. Uh, But I think the difference between that, is 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 really just comes down to the pit areas being smaller, narrower, and not enough space. All right, yeah, Mike and I talked about that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to, for the change. I mean, honestly, I haven't even seen the pit wall. Have you seen it? Have you seen pictures of it? No, um, Bob took, uh, and you can go back and look on on Twitter. I'll send it to you. Bob did kind of like a little tour around and he showed where y'all would be at where uh where they would be pitting at it's just basically like a long street um if you think about in san antonio like maybe you know downtown by the river walk um you know and other than and and just having like where the parking meters are where you would parallel park that's basically i mean as soon as he walked to it and, and he didn't even say anything i'm like i i that i bet that's where the, it, it just looks like an area on a normal busy downtown street where folks would parallel park normally um, right but it looks like a, I mean, nice shady area, nice trees and stuff. I mean, honestly, from a pit standpoint, it looks like y'all might be in a pretty nice shady area and stuff. It's beautiful. I mean, it's a park area kind of. So um, I, I'll send you that so you can take a look at it and see. But, um, you know, I mean, everybody's always got a poo-poo on, on something. So I, I think until we see it happen, I know that there was a little bit of controversy again this week coming out and um on if it, if the race is even going to take place or not because of well the city council is trying to block it yeah I, and i i've seen mm-hmm. that I, I just you know i don't know i don't they're not happy with the mayor going forward with the pro with the with the plan you know and they don't want to tie up tie up the streets and i don't know 
But that even comes down to Nashville Fairgrounds. There's always going to be people that are going to bitch and complain about something when they're trying to do something to better off the city, better off the funding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't please nobody. You can't. That's you can't. Um, Mike, uh, NHRA, anything? Yeah, just real quick before we have to go. Um, the NHRA wrapped up the Western Swing uh, out in uh, Pacific Raceways in uh, Seattle. Uh, Tony Schumacher gets the vi- victory. The first time he's won since 2020. His 86 curve win in top fuel, and um, he passes Bob Glidden on the all-time wins list there. And then uh, Robert Height won in a uh, funny car, and Troy Coughlin Jr. picked up his very first victory in uh, pro stock. Uh, they had a great western swing of the three races out there on the West Coast and, and the one race at Denver. And, Dawn, they're going to be off this weekend. They're going to return on August 12th to the 14th in Topeka, Kansas at Heartland uh, Motorsports Park. And we're going to have – NHRA pro stock driver Chris, I mean not Chris Mason McGahey, his Chris McGahey's son. We're going to have him on next week. Uh, our friend Elon Werner's fixed it. We're going to arrange that, so we'll have him on next week. And he's an upcoming uh, pro stock driver and um, Texas boy too, right? Texas boy from Odessa, Texas. He and his dad live out there, and they uh, been racing pro stock cars. And Mason's in college right now, but uh, doing a really great good job and uh, making a name for himself at a on a uh, on a series and track you know and a bunch of drag trips are very very competitive there um in that pro stock class so it'll be fun to talk to him next uh wednesday all right well cool um guys let's well, before we do our picks really quick uh you know we t- we touched on quite a bit of the nascar news during the week and stuff um one cool thing i, I know they were they uh, race at North uh, Wilkesboro this well over what the last couple of days yeah. I saw Ryan Newman come away with a win there which I thought was kind of cool to see uh, and the place was packed um, which which is 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 good to see as well um, I'm kind of excited to see what they do with like the late model racing and some of the stuff that they've talked about doing there that that was really neat um, one thing I'm not sure if you two saw this or not um, this is kind of late breaking news so to speak and i'm sure we'll hear about more of it during the weekend but uh today at the mall of america there um in where's mall of america minnesota isn't it i think okay um they had a shooting uh or they they there was a shooting that happened and the mall went into lockdown um well, this ties into NASCAR because Kyle Busch, Samantha Bush, and Brexton Bush were there at the time and were locked down as well. But Samantha tweeted out or, or Instagrammed out that they were fine. They were able to leave. Um, my understanding, too, is that there was no injuries. Um, last time I had heard, which was earlier this evening when I was listening, the gunman had escaped and was out and loose. So I guess they were looking for him. Um, but they had let them all off of lockdown and then basically shut it down for the evening. But, um, again, I just had seen on Twitter where, uh, Kyle and Samantha and Brexton, uh, had been there at the same time and were locked down. But luckily, um, again, them and everyone else from what I had heard last, um, that there were no reports of injuries or anything. So good news. Good to hear. Scary situation. Very scary. Um, so, all right, guys, um, and, and Matt, I know it's always weird too for you because you're, you know, you're a crew member and stuff. But I don't care. I still want your picks. Who you think's going to win? I know you do fantasy, so uh, <laughs> I'm to take a course. On. <laughs> yeah. So, so since you're our guest, we'll let you go first. Um, and again, just a reminder: we pick, you know, who you think's going to win, then your long shot, and then your really, really, really long shot. <laughs> so basically, we just give you three picks. Blaney. 
Okay. And Bunny will win. Uh, middle shot. Let's see. Harvick. Harvick. Okay. Long shot. William Byron. Okay. All right. I like that. Yeah, Mike? Matt and I are Matt and I are thinking on the same terms. I was going to go Blaney too. You know, I've been thinking he's going to get the victory. Uh, Harvick just because he's sitting in 17th place in the standings right now. He's right outside. I know he wants to get in. And my really, really long shot, Don, I'm going to go with um, Eric Jones. He's been consistently finishing up there in the, you know, top 10. And um, I think he, if something comes out right, you know, where he, uh, they have everything working, and I think he can put the car in victory lane. All right. So. Um I'm going to go a complete Homer picks for the week. Um, hopefully I don't curse, uh, curse them with, you know, because I usually do, but, um, because we're at a larger track and I'm thinking again, how, how this is all played. Although, you know what? Now I just thought maybe I might throw a little monkey wrench in here. Mm -hmm. You know what? I'm going to, so I'm going to, my, my, my pick, my first pick, I'm going to say Ross Chastain. I don't know. I just, I feel good about Ross. Um, my second pick, and you're going to laugh when I say it. Um, hold on. Do I want to do him second? Do I want to do him third? I'm going to go second. I'm already, I'm already laughing. <laughs> I know. My second pick, it's his home track. And I know he's wanted a win there for a while. But I'm going to say that Ford is going to get in the victory lane. And it's going to be the uh, Keselowski car. Um, okay. I think Brad Keselowski for uh, there. And then my long shot, which really is a long shot, but it's not in this kind of racing. I'm going to go Justin Haley. Um, I told you before that when, when it comes to this kind of faster, larger tracks, he is just, he's been up there. He's been finishing in the top fives. And I think you could say him, you could say Austin Dillon. You could, I mean, those are the tracks that you look at for those guys. They do really, really well. Michael McDowell has, has done pretty well this yeah. week or this season so far. Um, but those are, that's, that's going to be my picks. So <laughs> I'm going well. way up. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Um, I was supposed to pick Bubba, I know, because I was supposed to do the Bubba Wallace thing like I did. Matt, during the season, I was picking Daniel Suarez until he won because I just knew it was a matter of time that he was going to win. So I picked him every week, and then he finally won. So I said I was going to start doing it with Bubba because I feel like, you know, I feel like Bubba's going to get a win before the end of the season. And shoot, over the last, like, three weeks, he's been up there. And he's another one that you yeah. could actually look and at you, for this track, too. You might want to save him for the race at Daytona. I could um, they, I mean you could pick anybody at Daytona though. Yeah, but he runs good there. So yeah, uh, anyway. All right. All right. It was a well, fun, fun show. It was. It was it was informative. Yeah. Good I to like see Matt, Matt again. I know. Had a good time. Well, Matt, now you can go get your dinner that you cooked out of the microwave that you haven't been able to eat. And and by the way, was that your little babies? Did I hear your babies in the background a little bit? Oh yeah. One of them was getting in trouble too. Oh, Ooh. I heard yeah, I heard mama getting on to him, huh? Oh yeah. All right, guys. Well, Matt, thanks so much for joining us. Go eat your dinner, and we will be watching for you jacking the 34 car there for our good friend and Navy guy, Jesse Awuji. Um, yeah, and we hope to see you at Texas in, in next month in September, I believe. Golly, I can't even believe that. I forgot about yeah. that. I keep thinking it's October that they're racing there, but no, they're not. Er earlier. Yeah. Y'all have a great night. Thank you again for having me, and we'll All talk right. All right, Matt, thanks so much for joining us. Mike, as always, thanks for joining us. And uh, well, Anytime. 
You know what? Thanks for joining us. You're a part of the damn show every week. (laughs) Joining us, Mike. Thanks for making the commitment again. Hey, and thanks to our fans uh, and listeners for for joining us and and sticking out, sticking it out the last couple of weeks. I'm sure you needed a break from us anyway. So, uh, but we appreciate you as always. We'll catch you next week. Bye, guys. Dad, my dad's a plumber, and he, and he, uh, he's into plumbing, and any any well, I guess you plumb, right, Dad? This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.